All right, well, we've been in a series called Don't Judge. Let's go ahead and look at six, Luke 6.37. Luke 6.37. Luke 6.37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In verse 39, it says, And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, and everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Uh, let's look at Matthew 7, verse 1. Matthew 7, verse 1. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, or you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy. Okay, that's a, we'll, we'll skip verse 6 for now. That's another topic. Um, but verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. Margin of my Bible says condemn. Condemn not. In the Passion Translation, it says, Refuse to be a critic full of bias toward others, and judgment will, be not, will not be passed on you. Refuse to be a critic full of bias toward others. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Do not judge and criticize and condemn others, so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. Notice that in those two, in those versions, and, and you know, it brings this out. Uh, I'm going to read a, a few things to you, but look at verse 1 again in the Passion Translation. It says, refuse to be a critic, full of bias toward others. And then in the Amplified Classic, do not judge and criticize and condemn others. So the thing I want to get into this morning is what is judging? What does it look like? Because if you listen to a lot of people, uh, they're never doing it. You'll hear this all the time. They'll say certain things about somebody and they'll say, not judging. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging. And to hear most people talk, you know, Jesus said, do not judge. But if, if you would just listen to people, you would think there's no reason to even preach this, this message series, these sermons. Because nobody's doing this. Nobody's judging. 
Nobody does it. And they'll qualify. They'll tell you specifically, I'm not judging. But uh, I think we'll see from the Bible, uh, that's just simply not true. Judging is happening on a massive scale every day in the world. It's happening all the time. People just aren't calling it that. Because most people, or a lot of people, have heard, you're not supposed to judge. They know that. So they make sure you know that they're not judging. But we just read and amplified, and it's still up, do not judge and criticize and condemn others. When you criticize, you are judging. Now, if we just went around and said, how many people criticize in the world? Oh, my goodness. All the time. All the time. Before we go on, let's go to James 4.11. Read a few more scriptures. You guys okay? (laughs) Now remember, the truth will make us free. If we can identify what Jesus is talking about here, we can, we can not do it. But if we think we're not doing it, but we are doing it, then we're still going to get results for doing it. Yes. We want to know, right? Yes. We want to understand. This is not a club to beat ourselves up. This is, oh, wait a minute. That's, that's what that is. Wait, I, I, they, I maybe have some work to do. Maybe I'll step over here because you don't want the consequences. You don't want, he said, judge not and you won't be judged. You don't want, you don't want this coming on us. You don't want to sow this seed. They have other people do this. James 4.11 says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren, He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Notice it said, do not speak evil of one another. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges a brother. Notice how that's together. Do you see it? You know, we just read, it said, criticize and condemn and judge. It's all together. In the NLT, James 4.11 says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. In the Passion Translation... It says, dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. In the Living Bible, it says, don't criticize and speak evil about each other. Dear brothers, if you do, you will be fighting against God's law of loving one another, declaring it is wrong. So there's a... Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but you can look at words in a concordance and whatever, uh, you know, some of these tools. The word that is translated judge and judging, 
Listen to what it means. How it's tran- I'll read what it means and then how it's translated throughout the King James. It means to distinguish, to decide mentally or judicially, by implication, to try, to condemn, to punish. I'm going to say that again. You can just look this up. It's the Strong's Concordance. But it means properly to distinguish, to decide mentally or judicially, by implication to try, condemn, to punish. It's translated avenge, conclude, condemn, damn, decree, determine, esteem, judge, go to, sue the law, ordain, call in question, sentence to, or to think. I'm going to read those again. It means to avenge, or this is things that it translated, the same word translated throughout King James. It means avenge, or it's translated avenge, conclude, condemn, damn, decree, determine, esteem, judge, go to law or sue, ordain, call in question, sentence to, or to think. The word judge, just in, so that's the word, the, the Greek word. So that's, that's how it's translated by people that understand all the nuances of what it meant in that culture and how to bring it into something we understand. In our, just the word judge, in our um, language in English, according to Merriam-Webster, the, the, the actual uh, person, like if you call a judge, we'll get to the verb in a second, but the noun it can mean a public official authorized to decide questions brought before the, the court. We know familiar, go, there's a court, and there's a judge in the, in the court. One appointed to decide or contest competition, or umpire. One who gives an authoritative opinion. Another definition is critic. You know, like somebody that's a critic, it could be a movie critic or whatever, but they're a judge. But, but notice, I want you to see the meaning It's somebody that's evaluating something and coming to a conclusion. So the word judge, like the verb, like to judge, just in the English, means to form an opinion about through careful weighing of evidence and testing of premises. To form an opinion after thinking about everything. To form an an estimate, an estimate or evaluation of, like trying to judge the amount of time required especially to form a negative opinion about. Shouldn't judge him because of an accent is a way of, that, that's their example. But to judge is especially to form a negative opinion about. It also means to determine or pronounce after inquiry and deliberation, like they judged him guilty. So you can see this, there is a connotation here Judging is coming to a conclusion. Judging is assessing. Well, what are you doing when you criticize? We saw how you see that criticize is mentioned with judging many times. We're not supposed to speak evil of somebody. We're not supposed to judge or criticize them. When you criticize somebody, you have to have come to a conclusion. Why are you criticizing them? When you criticize somebody, you're holding them to a standard, aren't you? What do you criti- why, what, when you're criticizing somebody, you're saying you're deficient somewhere, right? Deficient against what? 
how would you know that they're deficient? You had to make some sort of judgment, don't you? Don't you? Otherwise, what are you ju- what, what, how are you criti- how can you tell this is lacking? You're, you're, you're comparing it against something. What is that? It's judging. Even constructive criticism, if we call constructive criticism, you have to, what are you criticizing against? I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not knocking that, okay? I'm just, just saying, there, there is, all criticism isn't necessarily bad, but there's a way to do it. When you criticize it constructively, it means you're, you're, you're evaluating someone or something against a standard and saying, you could improve here, right? But what does, when you do the constructive criticism, what had to come first? Evaluation. Otherwise, I'm telling you, you can improve, improve against what? And you understand, there is, take um, any skill, any ability, any sport. There are different levels of proficiency, right? You don't evaluate a beginner the way you evaluate a professional. Somebody, you know, something that is doing really well for somebody that's just beginning a sport or is in, maybe they're in elementary school, maybe they're in junior high or uh, middle school, senior high school, is a lot different than somebody that's getting paid millions of dollars to do it, right? If you told the one guy, man, you're doing awesome, for an eighth grader. You don't have to tell them that. But you're, you're doing really well. You're coming up. But you know, you try to go to college with that, it's a bigger pond. You're not going to get there. Or even high school, maybe. And then there's a lot of you know, college teams. Uh, most NFL teams or most professional teams are going to wipe the floor with any college-level team. Not, all, not maybe any given day. Maybe sometimes there's going to be an exception. But most of the time, right? Well, if you're just saying, well, you're just awesome, 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 compared to what? Or you stink compared to what? You know, somebody that's getting paid to do it, man, you're, you're really messing up all day. Where that guy could go into any other league lower than him and be a superstar. So how do you determine you stink or you're great? you got to evaluate. you got to put it up against something, right? When you criticize, you are judging. Is that clear from what we've said so far? People don't understand, I mean, people don't understand left and right. Just, you know, I don't spend a lot of time looking at, like, uh, comment boards. But, you know, there'll be some articles. Sometimes I just look briefly. And it's amazing. People will assess. They'll say, well, there's this and this and this. And they literally, in comments, you probably see it. Well, I'm not judging them, but they just less listed off five things that somebody's rotten at or they're stupid or whatever. I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating assessment. And then they'll say, but I'm not judging. What, where, where are your facts based on? This person is obviously has this and this and this problem, and they're based on what? But I'm not judging it. But I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just stating the truth. Truth based on what? The Word of God? I mean, what's the, what's the, move, what's the target? Most people's target's moving. Well, your cooking stinks. I'm just stating fact. Well, you know, there's things that some people love that you may not like, right? You stating somebody you just can't cook, it's objective. Well, be careful. 
There are people in other countries. You know, I went, I traveled to the Philippines once in a missions trip back in 2005. And um, the food was good. I mean, I didn't know what I had to expect. Went over there and, uh, you know, we started out uh, with the church, great church there. And they, they, it was home cooked and great food. And then we went um, to this island where they were getting the church started and we were staying in a hotel. That was good food. And um, you know, I thought it was great. I got tired of it by the end. I will be honest with you. By the time we were there for nine days and we were in a buffet, I was looking for anything that tasted like American food. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, and the, the, the meat tastes different. There's yeah. not, they, like some of it's made, it's, it's raised in Australia and different. So you go to different parts of the world, it doesn't taste the same. So I was looking for turkey or just something that was like generic, something that I could really... <laughs> But everything had a, even there, like, I didn't eat the McDonald's and things, but people would say it doesn't taste the same. It doesn't taste quite the same. There's just a little bit of a, you know, the beef tastes a little bit different, whatever. But by the end, I had had all the fish and rice and seafood that I wanted. I just wanted a cheeseburger, you know, American-made <laughs> or something. Pizza, something. But they love it. But there was this one thing. We were on... The island, and we were out walking out. This is before we were going to leave the island. And, um, you know, I'm halfway around the world. And they had these things they were selling, and you saw them everywhere, but they, they were, they were they're purchasing them, and they're, I don't want to gross you out, but it's for enough from lunch, you'll recover. It, they, they, are, uh, they were half-incubated duck eggs. They call it balut. Anybody ever heard of it? Uh, so it's half incubated, so it's not fully developed, but the little duckies, you know, sort of developed in there. And they, they I don't know, they're boiling or whatever. And they peel off the shell, drink the juice, and then eat the rest of it whole. Now, most of you are grossed out by that. They love it. It's like they're on the corner. People come up and say, you know, they get them. I don't know how much they cost. I can't remember, but... So we are all these, you know, on a missionary trip, and they're like, who wants to try one? Somebody raised their hand, and I'm like, what the heck? I'm halfway across the world. I might as well do it, because I, I won't get the chance to do it. So I did. I got it down. I have pictures of it. I have pictures of the little duckies. I mean, it's not, it's not appetizing. I got it down. I could not stand the smell of eggs for days after that, when they had eggs on the, on, the, uh, on the flight back, a couple of us were just like, oh my gosh, I cannot even stand. Shelly would make, I just like, I can't eat it. I just the smell of it. I didn't want it. But you know, those guys loved it. If I were to say emphatically, this, this is just not good. This, this stinks. They're, they got multiple ones. They were like, hey, you know, they're trying to get us, and there's a circle, and it's just like everybody's watching the next missionary person. All the locals are watching the next missionary person down this thing. They're having fun with it. And they got multiple ones and they've already eaten five of them. They like it. I'm not knocking it. I just, I'll probably never eat one of those again in my life. And maybe you have your own story. But if I'm going to be critical and say, well, that's just, that's just not good. You're crazy. What am I, what standard am I judging based on that? I'm judging on my standard and what I like or what my culture likes. That's not the same as there is no golden standard in food. People like all kinds of stuff. And we can see that very clearly, but it's like this with everything. If I'm going to be critical and say, this is just wrong, 
this is wrong, okay? Well, let me tell you, even if it is wrong, you to stay and state it in somebody else's life, you've become a judge. You don't know where they're coming. You can, you can say, well, something is wrong based on the word of God, but what does the word of God tell you about airing that? It may be wrong. Does it tell you to go run around and tell it and post it and type and say everybody, how somebody's wrong? Is that what the Bible tells us to do? If you're going to deal with it and say, well, you're wrong. Well, it's just, I'm, you know, I have scripture. Okay. And so what you're supposed to go around and tell everybody you know how somebody's wrong. Is that what the Bible tells us to do? Romans 14, 4 says, who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or, fall, or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands. Well, for the Christian, who's, who's our master? The Lord Jesus is our master. The contemporary English version, it says, what right do you have to criticize someone else's servant? Well, I'm a child of God and I know some things. What right do you have to criticize somebody else's... This is Bible, right? We're reading Romans. He says, what right do you have? Answer, you don't have the right. And, and we need to understand, we live in a very, very critical society now. Which means it's a very judgmental society. And I'll throw it in here, very offended society. Because you didn't do it the way I want you to do it. You did me wrong. You either did something to me that you're not supposed to do, or you didn't do something that you're supposed to do. Now, how did I arrive at that conclusion? I evaluated against something. I think you're supposed to be doing something for me, and you're not doing it. Therefore, I'm mad at you. And, I, and, it, and then it's my right to criticize you and tell everybody not to go to your store anymore. Is that the Bible? But this, I'm, we're identifying what, what it is in our society, what it looks like, because nobody thinks they're judging. But it is pervasive. All the time. You're supposed to do this for me. Says Who? I think you should do it for me. Well, see, see, we evaluated against some standard, which I think, and now I'm mad at you. And I can criticize you. You know, I don't like you. And if I don't like you, then it gives me the opportunity to criticize you. It gives me the ability. Says who? That's, that's not, as Christians, we don't have the, uh, we need to, to identify this and just walk right around and say, God told me not to do it. I'm not going to step in that mess. You can step in it all you want, but I'm going to stay on this side of that. But part of it is we need to identify what that looks like. This is why we're on this. What, do you, what right do you have to criticize someone else's servants? Only their Lord can decide if they are doing right, and the Lord will make sure that they do right. You know, people have a free will, but bottom line is here, we don't need to worry about what somebody else is, uh, is doing. And most of the time, it has nothing to do. People are getting in people, other people's business all the time. People actually believe they have ministries just to criticize other people. 
They call it discernment. Or, you know, they're a watchdog. And all they do is just point out what they perceive as false. You know, what, what things that I believe, and I believe are the Word of God, and faith, and believing, you have many people that, that make it their mission to catalog all the things they would think would be wrong with what you and I believe. They're going to identify it. And they're not building up the body of Christ. They're not helping. They're just pointing out what they think is a perceived wrong. But they won't say they're judging. I'm not judging. Just saying. Just pointing it out. Just pointing out facts. Just observations. Not judging anybody. Okay. Romans 14.10 Why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Why do you criticize and pass judgment on your brother? I know this, is, this, this stuff is not uh, the things that we, we maybe would get excited externally about, but if, if we're being fed this stuff every day, we see it all over. We need to understand and be able to identify what things are so we can walk in what God wants us to walk and not partake in the things that aren't going to be helpful to us, to the body of Christ, to our fellow brothers and sisters, to our spouses, to our family. Because if you're in a, a relationship with your wife or your husband and you're constantly criticizing, but you know, I'm not judging you, but you really got this problem, you are judging them. And that's why things won't work. Being critical all the time is actually being very judgmental all the time. Why? Because if I'm going to be critical, that's kind of like I, I believe that I have the right to dictate or to, to, to evaluate you. That's not my role. But if I'm critical to everybody, that means I'm actually, whether I'm conscious of it or not, I am in a judgmental mode, which means I think I'm in a position superior to you. And it may be for any number of reasons people get into this because they think they have a certain background or they have certain teaching or they came from a certain family or there's some ethnicity. Therefore, I can talk about you. They may not state it. But if you're criticizing all the time in action, you're doing it. Any person, any person that's doing that is actually judging, putting them in a position of judge by, by just being critical. Romans 14, 13 said, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but resolve this, rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall in our brother's way. Let's not judge each other or criti be critical. Ephesians 4, 29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. See, this is a good test. Let no corrupt word proceed out of, out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. What's edification? Building up. Means to build up. Well, I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating, you know, facts about the situation. Or I'm just telling... You know, somebody in my family, well, you really ought to get, you, you have this issue. Is it building up? Does it build up? 
Does it edify? I mean, that's the question you have to ask when we're putting all of us, all of us. If we'll become aware of this, when something wants to come out of our mouth, maybe we've been in a habit of, of interacting with our children or a spouse or uh, other family members, and we just think we're pointing out something that they need to fix. Well, we should ask ourselves the question, is it edifying? Does it build up? Does it actually help the person? Because, you know, it's real easy to point something out and be like, you know, I mean, I'm not judging you. I'm just, I'm just pointing this out. But really, we leave it, and all it does, it doesn't help the other person. It just leaves them in a state of, well, great, I have this problem, and I know it, and I know I'm not perfect, and you know it, and so we're just, I'm just going to sit here until I have to get it fixed. Thank you for pointing that out. Not like I didn't know that for the last 15 years that I've been dealing with it, but now that you pointed it out, now I just have it that every time you see me, I feel like judged by you and that I have, until I get this problem, you're noticing it. Thank you. That really helped me down my road. Right? Does it, is that the way we would feel? We, it's not helpful. It's not done in, in a loving way. Why are we covering this? So that we'll identify, wait a minute, something I've been saying, so that God can help us identify something, well, maybe the thing I'm saying is not actually helpful, is actually hindering, is actually dividing, and is actually judging. We may never have seen it. We may never have known. Like we were talking about a few weeks, we, we just may think that's, we were helping I was trying to help you. We may, even in good faith, as silly as some things sound, we may have not realized that we were being judgmental and critical. We thought we were trying to help. You know, the people that think they're pointing out faults in everybody else sometimes think they're doing everybody a favor, but nobody wants that turned on them. They would find out real hel how helpful it really is if they just turned that thing on themselves for a year. Then they realize it's not so helpful. Not, nobody likes everybody going around, somebody going around just pointing everybody's flaws out. Do you like your flaws pointed out? Nobody raised their hand. No, nobody loves it when your flaws, and most of us know some of our flaws. We don't know all of our flaws. We're ignorant. We all have blind spots. Doesn't it just bless you when there's something that you're not quite aware of and somebody comes up, well, you're really doing this too. Oh, thank you. I'll add that to the list. These are the ones I know about. I've been working on those, but now you added that one. I'm glad you saw that. I didn't even know that. I mean, if it's done in a spirit of either not helping or digging at you. We need to ask ourselves the question, whenever something's going to come out of our mouth, does it pass this test? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace, help to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God forgave you. Verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed, for the day of redemption. You realize it grieves God when we're critical of one of his other children? There are people in, who Jesus died for, I mean, if they're not born again. being doesn't, Just because they're not born again doesn't give us a right then to be critical of the people that aren't. It's a bad witness, too. I know, I know we're, we're, we're digging through some stuff here. This is heavy. But it's necessary. 
It's helpful. We need to see what some of these things are, not so we can take a hammer and beat ourselves up, because part of it is the, if, we're, if we're being critical of other people and judging, what we don't understand is that more often than not, we're going to be very judgmental on ourselves. And the enemy is going to have a heyday beating us up. The more we can get free and realize where these things are, the more we can be open to receive the love of God. We can be open just to flow with Him and be merciful to other people. But it grieves Him. If we would get this in, if we would get it into our consciousness, that God, not in a negative way, but when we're talking to somebody and criticizing them, how many of you think it would be a good idea if you're around somebody, let's say the president of your company, that you, if you work for a company, or somebody that you know, is high up in an organization that, that you're a part of. If you were talking to them at a Christmas party, let's say, would it be advised to criticize their son or daughter in front of them? You know, you're just having conversation and they have their son or daughter and you start just openly saying, actually, there's this and that about, would that be well advised? Do you think that would be a good idea? So if we get this in our minds, not, not, not in a condemning way, but if you're talking to somebody that's a Christian, God himself is present. Even if you're not talking about them directly to them, but let's say you're talking about them even. God's present. And you're talking about his son or a daughter. In his presence. Do you think that's well advised? Is that tactful? We need to understand, he doesn't ever go away. And we need to understand, if, if we'll begin to realize that he is good, he has our back, but it is not a good thing ever really to start criticizing somebody else. He hears it. And sometimes we act like, well, he's not there. I'm just, I got it. And anyway, this is right. And this is just facts. And we've already stated you stating something about somebody, even if you believe that's the truth, is still criticizing, it's still judging. And if, we un, if we'll start to understand, wait a minute, this grieves God. It can change the, the communication that comes out of your mouth. If we were to deal with somebody, how, how is the proper way? If we did have something with somebody that we say, well, this is wrong. Okay, the Bible talks about that too. Let's look at Matthew 18, verse 15. 18, verse 15. This is Jesus. He said, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. If he refuses to hear them, let it tell it to the whole church. Did he say tell it to the whole church or tell it to the whole world or put it on message boards, number one? No. That's not what he said. He said, if, you ha if your brother sins against you, if there's something you really need to deal with, not, the Bible didn't tell you just ignore everything. You know, just let everybody do whatever because, you know, you're a Christian. No. It doesn't say that either. It says if somebody does do something against you, go to them and tell them. Well, it takes a man or a woman to do that. 
well, somebody did something, so I'm going home. And I'm going to type on my computer and tell everybody under some different name because why? Not opening up, not weighing up to it. I'm going to do it from a distance. That's not what the Bible said. See, people do this in reverse. They may never even talk to the person. They start with everybody first. That's not godly. That's not the way the Bible said to do it. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of what? Gentleness. Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. See, this is a different spirit. Notice it says, number one, brethren, if, any man, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. What's spiritual? A spiritual person walks in love. A spiritual person walks with God. A spiritual person knows who they are in Christ and knows they are only righteous because of Jesus. A spiritual person does not put other people down. A spiritual person does not compare themselves to other people. A spiritual person does not go around criticizing everybody. So somebody fell. Notice what it says. You who are spiritual, restore. Not carnal. Carnal people, natural people, flesh-led people, go around and tell everybody what somebody did. And are critical of everybody and act like they don't have any faults themselves. That's a carn- that, that means you're a baby. That means a person that does that is a baby. A man or a woman's going to weigh like, okay, so you missed it. They know full well, this is what it says next, that they could do the same thing. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So a spiritual person is gentle. A spirit, they don't go and broadcast it. They don't get in your face and, well, you're this, this, and this, and this, as if I'm there, your judge. They say, hey... Can I help you? Is that edifying? Is that building up? Hey, you, you're, you, you could be better here. That's const- constructive criticism. Good criticism is supposed to be done this way. Feedback, you know, in whatever position, management, it's supposed to be done this way. Hey, you could do better here. But it's not a haughty thing like, hey, you're stupid. Get it together. It's, hey, you're doing well maybe in these other areas, but you could improve. It would help you. It will, that's building up. That, that means the state of the person after is better than before. That's the way we had to deal with things in our families. Like spouses, family, members, uh, children. Can I bring in a spirit? And you got to be careful. you got to be led by the Spirit of God because w- when we say stuff to our spouse or our children and point out something, that is not good, the devil can use that to beat them over the head if done improperly. Oh, great. Now the people that are supposed to be close to me, they know it. They see it. And if it's not done with the spirit of gentleness, now, instead of them, they're trying already to do their best, most likely, to succeed and to to change. And now they feel like you're against them. The devil's going to take that and knock them over the head and now just keep them in a position. Where is the spirit of gentleness is like, hey, if you should even say anything, you got you to gotta pray. 
But if you should say something, coming and saying, hey, I just noticed this. I'm not, I, I'm not doing this in the spirit of criticism. I think this could be done better. I'm on your side. Is there anything I can do to help? If you need anything, I'm just saying. And, and in this case, it's saying if somebody were to fall, if somebody were to, to be in sin, they mess up. The right way to correct that or to restore that person, it's got to be somebody that's spiritual, to say, hey, I understand this happened, but to, to restore them, to help them, but in a spirit of gentleness, knowing that you could be in the same position. It is so, it's, it's, it'd be funny the way people act when somebody in public, sometimes if they make a mistake, people can be the biggest hypocrites like, I just don't understand how this could ever happen. Oh, really? You, you don't understand? You've been around? You, you know, you flying off the handle last week or the stuff that you're doing potentially right now is just not public, but you're going to openly criticize somebody because they, something happened. And the only thing is you didn't get caught yet. It isn't out in the open, so you think you can uh, be in this, this, this state of being critical. Well, that's the way a lot of the world is. They, they, it's, it's the spirit of pointing a finger at, well, what are you doing? You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And if we had the right, uh, the right approach the right heart, we'd realize that could be me. If it weren't for the grace of God, I can think of 10 things right now where I could have messed up. I'm saying that's the way we should think is like, wait, if, if we're honest, if it's not for the grace of God and for His help and the fact that He, that doing His word, any one of us could end up in a bad place. If we don't think that's true, we already have blind spots. I'm not saying that's not a bad confession, but if you think you can't fall in a certain area, you are going to be in pride and you are set up to fall in that area. So being critical of somebody else and, and, judging, and saying you, you should have done this and not being helpful shows we are not aware of our own need and we're not aware of the devil's tactics. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen to the way this is. Yes, Scripture can be used to correct. It is. It's going to tell us the truth. But let's read this again. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable, profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof, for, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see what it's for? It's to build up and, and help somebody be thoroughly equipped. Not to be used as a weapon to tear somebody down. To help somebody. To build us up. Amen. Amen. David said this, Psalm 141. He said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. In the Passion Translation, it says, God, give me the grace to guard my lips from speaking what is wrong. There is help to do this. Amen. 
We're not left like, well, we shouldn't do A, B, and C. We can identify it. And if there are places, we may be really strong with some people and we're, we're, we have a good relationship. Other people, it's really hard for us to keep our mouth shut. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But there may be peop, certain people in your life that it, they just they pull out. <laughs> they make you want to, to say certain things. Not They're not making you. You're yielding to it. But it's just they know how to push your buttons. Well, this is a good thing. God, help me. Help me to keep my mouth shut. Help me to say the right thing, Lord. I know your word. I know it's not your will to be critical. I know and I see it more clearly than ever. That's judgmental. Lord, I don't want to be like that. Lord, where I'm at now, this person really trips my trigger. I mean, it, it, they push my buttons. Lord, help me. It's, I'm not saying it's their fault. Lord, it's my problem. But help me by your grace to say what I need to say. Help my words to be gracious. Help my words to build up. Lord, show me if there's things that I've been saying that really I didn't realize it. I had a blind spot, but I've been saying things. And, and Lord, that was judgmental. Forgive me. Help me to do it better. Help me to do it better. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. It's humility to admit, you know, I was wrong. You know what? Everybody in here has been judgmental. I've been judgmental. You have been. I've been critical. You've been critical. You know, I'm, I, I've, had, I've had to deal with that. I'm wired to see what's wrong, just naturally speaking. I'm an, I, I have an engineering background. Well, what do you do? You fix problems. You know, it doesn't matter if you get 100,000 lines of the code wrong. If there's one error, the computer doesn't care. So you look to, to find stuff that's wrong. And there's people that are gifted that way, to, to do that. But you know what comes with it? You see what's wrong. Yeah. It's something I've had to deal with in my life, and I have not arrived. Working on it. Every one of us has, has been judgmental. Every one of us has been critical. But if we'll humble ourselves and go, God... Now, I didn't see it in some areas like I have. Man, I've been critical there. I've been, I didn't think I was... Maybe you said it yourself. You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe you were like, well, they're this and this and this. I'm not judging their heart. Maybe you've said that. Maybe we've all said that. But if we'll humble ourselves and go before God and say, Lord, that, that was wrong. I'm sorry. That's not the way I want to be. The Bible says He gives grace to us. That means we get help. That means we can change. That means we can be different. Amen? Amen.